chapter 1, and I'm going to be reading from verse 1. So that's Colossians chapter 1, and reading from verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, the faith and love that springs from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing amongst you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Ephaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the spirits. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you, and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death, to present you wholly in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard, and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. A new series of sermons that I'm uh, calling... Everyday disciples. Everyday disciples. And uh, just to give you a little bit of background where uh, the idea for this uh, series of sermons comes from, 
Um, Jonathan Edwards, uh, the General Secretary of the uh, Baptist Union of Great Britain, at the uh, last two Baptist Assemblies, has been uh, promoting the national strategy for the Baptist Union, uh, which is on the theme of encouraging missionary disciples. Uh, that's the, the theme for the whole of the Baptist uh, Union of Great Britain uh, that has been adopted. Uh, this idea of being missionary disciples. But alongside that I've also uh, been uh, looking at some stuff that Mark Green has been doing. He's from the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity. And for a while they've been pushing this thing called whole life discipleship. So I've taken these two ideas... Uh, missionary disciples and whole life disciples and uh, I've come up with this idea uh, everyday disciples the idea that every day of the week every day of our lives that you and I are disciples and as we go through this we're going to be uh, we're going to be looking at the book of Colossians we're going to go through the whole book of Colossians uh, beginning this week with establishing everyday disciples looking at Colossians 1 and then we're going to be thinking about encouraging everyday disciples in Colossians 2. And uh, equipping everyday disciples in Colossians 3. And empowering everyday disciples in Colossians 4. So we're going to be in the book of Colossians. So if you want to uh, be reading that for yourselves during the week, that will be great. And then you'll be uh, uh, familiar with the passages that we're going to be looking at and, uh, this morning. <clears throat> We're going to be thinking about establishing everyday disciples. And really what I want to do is, is paint the big picture this morning of what it means to be an everyday disciple. Uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're trying to follow Jesus in your, in your life, then you are a disciple. Every day of the week, you are a disciple. And uh, this morning, I want to think about what it means to be a disciple. Sometimes people say to me, because I'm a minister, I'm a pastor, uh, it must be a great job because you only have to work one day a week. And they smile and uh, I smile back pretending it's the first time I've, I've ever heard it and we, and we have a little chuckle together. And, uh, but this morning what I want to do is to kind of reverse that joke uh, and put it on to you. Because uh, being a Christian, if we're not careful, can also become something that we do one day a week. That we come to church and we worship God and we're with God's people and, uh, and we are a Christian on that day. And one of the things I want to be challenging us over the next few weeks is this idea that what we do on a Sunday is important, but hopefully it will shape the rest of our week. It will help us. Uh, on a Monday and a Tuesday and Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday to be the people that God intended us to be in the place that God intended us to be. And during this series, uh, one of the things I'm going to be looking for is people to give testimonies, just short testimonies, about how they're living out that everyday discipleship in the place where you are during the week. And so it would be great to hear stories about how you've been able to be a disciple during the week. And if you've got a story about that, then please come and tell me. And it would be great to include some of those testimonies about how God is affecting your life uh, outside of the church. And so that's where we're going to be going over the next few weeks. We're thinking about this idea of establishing everyday disciples. Uh, Mark Green from the... Uh, 
Contemporary Christian Institute, uh, talks about the great divide. This idea that sometimes we think of some things as being sacred and something as being sacred. Sacred. And some things as being secular. How sometimes we do divide our lives uh, between one thing and the other. Well, let me let him explain it because we've got um, a little video clip uh, to explain what he means between the secular and sacred divide. The sacred secular divide is the progressive some things are really important to God, and other things aren't. So, on the sacred side of the divide, there's church, prayer meetings, social action, world mission, singing, going outside Tesco's, and so on. We believe these things are important to God, and they are. But other human activities are best neutral. Work, school, college, sport, the arts, Music, unless it's not Christian learning with it. Leisure, sleep, rest. These sorts of things belong firmly on the secular side of the life. So, on the one hand, we teach our kids what to think about Harry Potter, because it's set in a school of witches and wizards. But, on the other hand, we hardly ever have them to think biblically about what they read and study day by day, at school. Of course, if you ask any Christian, do you think all of your life matters to God? They're going to say, yeah, but I wonder who we live. And if we do, why is it that stories like this one are bad? I teach Sunday school once a week for 45 minutes. And my church asked us to come up for us to make a For the rest of the week, I'm a full time teacher. And yet, as far as I can remember, no one has ever offered to pray for the work that I do in schools. It, it's if they want to support part of my profession and not the other half. It's difficult because no one would say that teaching Sunday school is more important than the work that we do for the rest of the week. But that's the ultimate message that I get. Thinking of it this way, I've got 45 minutes once a week. With children who are generally open to the gospel, with parents who are supportive of the faith, or 45 hours a week, with kids who have very little knowledge of Christianity, and parents who are either as ignorant or hostile to the faith. Which context needs more prayer? Both. And that was teaching. When was the last time we prayed for kingdom? The bigger church is prayer. What's in there about people's ordinary Monday to Saturday day to day lives? Look at the church of Grand Valley. For where your prayer is, there your heart is. Think about your own prayer. What are you praying about? And what do you ask other people to pray about? <coughs> in reality, the sacred Saturday divide has had a devastating impact on two key areas of Christian life and mission in our living. The great divide, sacred and secular. The false but pervasive belief that some parts of our life 
are not really important to God, work, school, leisure, but anything to do with prayers, church services, church faith activities is. That is the sacred secular divide. One bit of life is more important to God, the other isn't. And it's so easy for us to get into that frame of mind. And so hopefully during this series uh, we're going to be really establishing this idea that our discipleship isn't just about what we do in church, it isn't just about the Sundays or when we're doing church activities, that we want to be disciples for Jesus Christ in every place where we are. We want our faith to affect every single part of this life. And in this series I want to challenge this idea that there is this sacred secular divide between what we do on a Sunday and what we do on a Monday. In fact, I want what we do on a Sunday to make sense of what we do on a Monday. So, establishing, making everyday disciples. You and I are disciples every day of the week. And so, let's just think about what Paul says um, about this. Really what we're thinking about is putting the emphasis on being Christian people rather than doing Christian things. We're putting the emphasis on who we are. We're called uh, human beings, not human doings. And uh, first of all, what I want to say is that God has created all things. God has created all things. Paul says, for by him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him. Paul wants us to see that everything we see and experience has its source and origin in God. I wonder whether we only look for God when we're in places where we think God is going to be. So there's a certain expectation that when we come to church that we're going to meet with God and we're going to meet with God's people. But maybe during the course of the week we go to places where we're just not expecting God to be there. We know that God is there, we know that God is everywhere, but we're not really looking for him. We're not really expecting him to show up in our home, in our place of work, in our schools, when we're out at the park or the cinema. We're perhaps thinking in a different way. The Sunday school teacher uh, talked about the fact that people showed an interest in what she did in the church and were happy to pray for her ministry in the church, but weren't as interested in her ministry in the world. And of course she gave the example that she spends far more of her time uh, teaching in a school than she did teaching in church. And of course all of us, that's true for all of us, we spend far more time outside of the church than we do inside of the church. And it's making that connection between who we are, what we're doing, and how our faith fits in. What I'd like to do during this series is encourage people to share, to talk to one another about how your faith is affecting your life. You see, we pray for people around the world through our links with BMS, and that's great. But sometimes we forget that there is a mission on our doorstep. There are people all around us who are just as much in need of hearing the gospel as those overseas. And we want to encourage and equip people to be able to be a disciple in their everyday life. Everyday disciples. God has created 
all things. And then, secondly, I want to say that God has a purpose for all things. That God has a purpose. Paul concludes the sentence by declaring that all things were made for him. So God has a purpose for everyone and for everything that he has created. Often we think of people being called by God. We think of people, uh, you know, like myself. Picture of me with uh, Phil Jump, the regional minister. And uh, it's easy to look at people like that. Uh, You might not recognise me because I'm wearing a suit, but it it is me, really, honestly. And uh, it's easy to look at people who are ministers, who are missionaries, and see those people as being called and set aside uh, by God. Sometimes it's less easy to think of yourself as being called and set aside by God. Uh, I came across uh, this testimony from uh, a nurse who said, I've worked for the NHS for 17 years. For many years, I've wondered what my ministry was that God had for me. About a year ago, I suddenly realised where God wanted me to be. Right here in the NHS. And that has transformed my attitude to my job. This idea that God can use you in the place where you are. That God calls us to be his followers where we are. And that we all have a mission and a ministry to be a disciple of Jesus in the place where we spend most of our time. Where is that place? Well, you know where it is. You know where you spend most of your time. It might be at home. It might be uh, in the neighbourhood. It might be at a place of work. The challenge is to think that what has God called me to do? Why am I in this place? How can I use my faith? How can I be a disciple of Jesus Christ in that particular place? God has a purpose for all things. And uh, this phrase that the Baptist Union is using, uh, that we want to encourage missionary disciples, uh, comes uh, to each one of us. That we're actually called to share our faith. To be the people that Jesus wants us to be. Our friend Rick Warren in the Purpose Driven Church, uh, Purpose Driven Life, uh, says this, If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. God has a purpose for each one of us. Uh, not all of us are called to be ministers and missionaries. Some of us are called to be doctors and nurses, librarians. Um, some of us are called to work in local shops. Some of us are called uh, to be at leisure. Some of you are retired. You've finished working. Um, but God hasn't finished with you. God still has a purpose for your life. And part of the role of being a disciple is to continually discover that purpose in our lives. To continually be a disciple of Jesus. Everyday disciples, that's what we're thinking about. God has a purpose for all things. I'm sure there are parts of your lives where you need to consciously rely on God's strength to help you. And it would be great to hear stories again of people who have been able to, to make that connection between their faith and their work. And it would be great to hear stories, just simple stories. Sometimes when we ask people to give testimonies, people say, oh, well, my testimony is uh, not that exciting, it's not very glamorous. And sometimes we've got this idea that to give a testimony, we've got to have something miraculous or, or something huge and life-changing. When really, the testimonies that we want to hear are testimonies of how in our day-to-day lives our faith makes a difference. 
So that when people say to us, you know, uh, why is it that you're such a pleasant person? Why is it that you're always smiling? Why is it that you seem to, uh, to enjoy life so much? We can say, well, it's because of this incredible faith that I've got in Jesus Christ. And it's because of this church that I go to that helps me uh, to understand who I am and what I'm meant to, to be doing and helps me in my work. Uh, and make, it's making that connection between uh, what we believe and then who we are. For a long time in the church, we've put the emphasis on, on what we believe and we've even uh, sometimes made the distinction between, you know, this person's kosher because they believe a certain thing and this person's, you know, uh, not so kosher because they don't believe certain things. And this isn't that what we believe isn't important, but it's how we actually uh, transfer what we believe into our daily lives. We can believe all the right things and live no differently from the person next door to us. And uh, Paul, uh, in another one of his letters, talks about the fact that we are to be transformed uh, by Christ Jesus. That it's supposed to transform and change our lives. So God has a purpose for all things. And then I want to say, you know, that God is the sustainer. Of all things. Paul goes on to say that God is the sustainer. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. God sustains all things. And as a church, we want to help people make sense of their daily lives. As everyday disciples, we want people to be able to make that connection. We want people to be able to be helped when they come to church. It isn't just that we want people to feel uh, you know, good about God and go away with some uh, nice kind of warm, fuzzy feeling that they've been in the presence of God and, and God's people. We want people to actually be uh, enabled to go and face the issues and problems and circumstances of their daily life better equipped... Because they've been in God's people, they've been looking in God's word, and uh, they've received something of the Holy Spirit of God. When people see God at work in our lives, they'll want to know what's going on. The challenge is, although we might not admit it, we do make that sacred secular divide. It's almost as if there's a switch inside us, that when we come into church, when we're doing religious activities, that we say, yep. Switch the religious switch on, do the religious thing, and then we go out and it's almost as if we switch that religious switch off and we change our attitude and who we are. God sustains us in all things. And then finally what I want to say is, you know, if you think about what we do, if you think about your week and and your diary, you know, A little bit like what Mark Green was saying. Think about your prayer life, about what you pray about. Uh, And you can use use your diary to see what you're doing during the course of the week. And to pray into those things. And to ask other people to pray. To ask people at church, you know, to say, you know, I've got a a meeting this week that I'm quite concerned about. Or I've got to do something this week, you know, that I'm feeling a bit apprehensive about. Uh, Will you pray with me? Will you encourage me? And then next week somebody will be saying, you know, you know, how did that meeting go? How did you get on with that problem? And uh, it's just really, you know, these are things that we know, showing an interest in who people are and what they're doing. You know, one of the greatest things we can do is actually show an interest in people 
about who they are. And uh, one of the ways that we can evangelise people is showing that we care about them as individual people, as a person made and created in the image of God. Again, sometimes we make that sacred secular divide. When we're looking at people, we say, well, this person's a Christian. And so I can talk about religious things, I can offer to pray for them. But this person's not a Christian, so maybe I don't talk about Christian things, and maybe I don't pray for them, or offer to pray for them. And we make that divide between those who we suspect are Christians and those who are not. Whereas what we should do is we we should look at all people as being created in the image of God. And we should show the interest and the love and, uh, and to pray for them. And so, you know, God is the sustainer of all things. Uh, and finally what I want to say is that, that's just a little cartoon about work, how easy it is to, uh, to think that, uh, that God isn't always interested. So God is the sustainer of all things and God is the ruler of all things. In verse 18, uh, Paul says, he's the head of the body. The church, he is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. Paul concludes this section with this statement that in everything, uh, Christ is in charge. We use that phrase, don't we, that religious statement, that Jesus is Lord. Um, But what that actually means is we're saying that Jesus is in charge of the whole of our lives. That everything that we do, we're wanting God to be in charge. That everything we are and everything that we do, that he is the ruler, that he is our boss, that he is the person that we are accountable to in every situation. And so, really I hope that I've wet your appetites. I hope that you can go out of this place uh, really wanting to think about how you can be a disciple in your everyday life. Wouldn't it be great if next week, uh, you know, people were coming back with lots of stories, uh, just simple everyday stories, about how being a disciple of Jesus had helped them this week. You know, give me a phone call, you know, uh, uh, call into church and just tell me, and uh, give me those stories that I can use uh, during the course of this series of sermons, to just give practical examples about how you and I can be everyday disciples. Everyday disciples. That's what we're going to be thinking about over the next few weeks. Dive into the book of Colossians. Read it for yourself and uh, and see what Paul has to say. And uh, come back with lots of stories.